This is It Just Takes One. One person, one experience, one idea, one moment to change your life. Here's what's coming up on today's show. We really need to focus on the positive and, you know, just block out the negative. And yeah, this is the recipe for a healthy life. This is Kelly, and you're listening to It Just Takes One. In today's episode, you're going to meet Donna Fatigato. Donna has been in the fitness industry for more than 30 years. She's the owner of Unique Lifelong Fitness in Carroll Stream, Illinois. In the short time I've known her, Donna not only co-authored a best-selling book, but she also wrote and published her own bestseller called Q2, A Healthy Recipe for a Balanced Life. I met Donna when she approached us at Scripter Publishing Group about writing a book. She told me she had a dream to become published, but she didn't know how to go about making it happen. Well, she made it happen, and then some. She's the perfect example of the saying, when you set your mind to something, it's amazing what you can accomplish. Of course, there's more to that story. In fact, Donna found her way to publishing through fitness, And she found her way to fitness through a series of unexpected events. She shares her journey in this episode. I know you're going to relate to her experiences and you'll enjoy hearing how she discovered the way to live a balanced life. So sit back, relax, and listen as Donna Fatigato shares her story. Hi, Donna. Welcome to It Just Takes One. Thank you, Kelly, so much for having me on today. It's a pleasure to have you on. I've been wanting to get you on the show for a little while because you have had an absolutely extraordinary couple of months, and I have been fortunate enough to be a part of that on some very small level and to watch it unfold as you've gone through it. You have become not just a one-time Amazon bestselling author, but actually now a two-time Amazon bestselling author, all in the space of about two months. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, it's been, it's been an, a remarkable journey. And, and again, I've only been a small piece of it and have, you know, had the opportunity to work with you as you've published these books. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this conversation because I think there are so many people out there, so many people that think to themselves, I'd love to write a book someday, and I have a story, and I'd love to do it, but I don't know if I can, I don't know how to do it, I don't know where to go with it, and, and now here you are, not just one, but two in just the space of a couple months. So I'm anxious to kind of talk through that journey with you and, and let you share some of the story of how you got to this point. And I thought what we would do is actually just kind of start a little sooner than, than the last two months because you didn't just suddenly pop up one day and say, okay, I'm going to write a book. Um, this, this process actually started a long time ago. And I'd like to just kind of start back and give the listeners a little background, a little history on how you even got into personal training, how you've created your business, and then how all of that led up to 
you deciding to write a book. So let's kind of go back in your story and, and talk a little bit about how you became a personal trainer and became interested in, in health and wellness in general. Okay, well, I had some medical issues and I was in high school and I decided to take it into my own hands and, um, and try to figure out what I can do other than um, take um, medications or um, just live the way that the doctors told me that I just would have to live with it. So I had Renaud's disease and um, it really was debilitating. I had to quit gymnastics and it was that was my passion. I loved it. So I was in high school and I decided I was going to do something about it. I changed the way I ate because I didn't eat very healthy. I started teaching uh, aerobic classes when I was a senior in high school. Yes, right when uh, Olivia Newton-John was popular, let's get physical and I wore those leg warmers and, and that really popped my interest for fitness and to help others because I thought if this instructor and if this, uh, this, this physical change that I'm going through and the impact that it had on my health and the nutrition that had impact on my health, I would be able to go out and impact other people. So I decided that I was going to pursue um, the health and wellness field. Uh, life happens and I got married and then I had my first child and I, uh, there's a ladies in the neighborhood that decided to ask me how I lost the weight because they couldn't believe I lost the weight so fast. Well, I was working out every day and I shared that information with them and then I'm like, I need to do this for a career. And that's when I decided to pursue uh, personal training. I love that. And I think um, two pieces of that that are really intriguing. Number one, that you started it when you were in high school. You know, back when, when we were growing up, um, not all women were in sports. You know, it was still, we were just still getting our feet wet as far as women in sports. Now you see, you know, there's, there's so much more opportunity. Um, so it's intriguing that you even started at that young age. It's also intriguing because I know a little bit more of the story where that inspiration came from, because it didn't necessarily come from your parents. No, it didn't, but it did come from seeing my parents, how they lived. And also, um, you know, my dad, he had rheumatoid arthritis and he decided to, you know, lay on the couch as opposed to move his body, which made him feel better. Although I didn't know how he felt and the degree of pain he was in. So I'm not, I didn't judge him, but I thought there's got to be a better way of life. You go from seeing your dad being so active and then not being active. So that's, uh, that really hit me hard. Yeah, it's amazing. And I, and I relate to that. My dad also has rheumatoid arthritis um, and was an athlete his whole life and watched him lose each one of those sports along the way. Fortunately, my dad actually chose to keep active and keep moving. And, and today he's still able to play golf and he walks a couple of miles a day. Um, but the impact of that disease on, on your father, on my father, um, was, was certainly an influence on my life. And I, and I know in, in your life as well, it kind of triggered that idea of not wanting to be the one that ends up on the couch, you know, that, that, that maybe keep moving and try and be the one that can keep moving through life rather than giving up that way. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely, Kelly. 
And also, I want to just add a touch of your mother, because your mother also has an extraordinary story in terms of her health. Yes, she does. So um, I was pursuing a career in health and wellness. And then when she was 55, she uh, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And she was one of the first five people in all the United States to have a Whipple procedure done successfully. So, and they say that usually after you go through this procedure, especially back then, you have a 10-year survival rate. But she actually just celebrated. Um, it's going to be 31 years in October. It was just 30, and time has gone by fast. It has to be 31 years, and she is doing great. She's 86 now, and uh, it's phenomenal. But she chose a different path. She chose not to give up. and Not that my dad gave up, but she, she's a fighter. Yeah, she's, she's a, a fighter. fighter. She's an inspiration, and that that made me even pursue my career more. And so that's when I, you know, got um, my certifications and my degree in holistic nutrition, and then um, various group fitness instruction, and just going through all paths of health and wellness um, to be able to create an impact on other people's lives. So. Yeah, that's um, her story is amazing because so many people, any of the listeners that are out there that know anybody who's had pancreatic cancer, I, I have several friends whose parents have have experienced it, and and it, it it's not a good diagnosis, and um, very rarely, very very rarely, do you hear someone surviving it, not only surviving it but surviving it for thirty one years later. It's just. Mm -hmm. Um, that's just an amazing story. So I, I, I wanted to share some of that because I do think the influence that we, the experiences that we have do influence us in some ways. And, and although um, you chose health and wellness because of the, the, um, you know, the issues you were having personally, and then, you know, watching the, the disease that were ravaging your family um, and wanting to do everything you can to, to, hold those at bay for as long as you can um, has certainly led you into a career that has influenced and impacted many, many, many people. So you got into um, wellness. And the other thing I was going to mention, and you talked about how you actually became the trainer coming off of having a baby. And I know, you know, again, look, thinking of the listeners that are out there, so many of us who, you know, had our first child and then thought, oh my gosh, I've got to try and get this body back into some kind of shape that is reminiscent of something I remember. Uh, and also wanting to be healthy for our children um, is, is also another very strong influence. So I'm glad that you shared that because I know that will resonate with a lot of the listeners as well. So you, you got into health and wellness and you started your own studio. Yes. Yes. I um, actually, uh, you know, I worked for other people and I uh, also was um, in charge. I was the manager at a park district for quite a long time. But then I decided to uh, start my own studio in 2008. And I actually set up uh, quite a few corporate wellness programs. So I go to the employees and they get to work out with them at noon, which is awesome. They get their workout in the middle of the day. And so they have no excuses to not work out after work or before, you know, getting to work on time. So it's really nice. I really like doing that. But I've expanded to nutritional counseling and just my uh, time management and 
um, senior fitness and youth fitness. I've done a lot with different uh, sports groups, um, hockey teams and swimming teams and just uh, people that have medical conditions, um, you know, just overall movement, you know, just movement and eating colorful. And that's, that's what I, that's what I like to share, you know, movement and eating colorful and finding that balance in your life is so important. You know, you have to find, you have to, you have to find what your why is and focus on that why. I love um, that you led right to that because that literally is the title of your book. You know, your first book, which is Q2, a healthy recipe for a balanced life. And it speaks to all of those things that you just said. Talk about Q2 and, and what those two terms mean to you. Sure. Well, Q2 means quality and quantity. I first applied that to nutrition, teaching my clients about nutrition. You know, you have to have good quality food you choose, but then the quantity, which is the portion size, which everybody knows uh, about that just by looking at or hearing about, you have to have one portion size. But hearing about Q2, I think, gives you a different angle of looking at it as opposed to, um, you know, just looking at the portion size and just saying, oh, you have to select healthier foods. Because I think that when you hear Q2, well, what Q2 means, it's a diet-free approach because there's been so many diets out there and um, I think that that's great. But a diet actually has die in the word diet. So there are unnatural eating patterns that you can't sustain. Usually a diet tells you not to have something. But really, of course, you shouldn't have food that's not good for you. But if you eat quality food, food that comes from the land, sea, tree, and earth, and if you eat the proper quantity size, you will be able to eat um, healthier, you'll get your metabolism in check, and you'll have a great quality of life. And I love the simplicity of it. And yet in the book, you go into so much more than that and, and kind of touch on some of the things you mentioned there about finding your purpose and, and living your best life and exercising and all of those things. So at some point in your journey, you made a choice and a decision to actually write the book. What is it that, that got you to the point where you said, I, I actually think I, could, I should write a book about this? These uh, yes, I always felt like I wanted to write a book. Um, back when I was talking about when I was in high school, um, I, when I started college, I decided to uh, write or take some critical writing classes. I loved to write. My favorite subject in school was English, and but I put it to the wayside, you know, like sometimes people do. And you make other choices in your life. But I knew it would always come back to me. <laughs> so um, I had it, I felt like I really wanted to get my message out. Um, as far as Q2 goes, the first portion of the book is a message of hope, healing, and transformation. And the second part is 120 healthy recipes. Those 120 healthy recipes, I already have those recipes because I've been teaching five years in my home kitchen healthy cooking classes. I just had to compile them and put them together. The first part of the book is, is really everything that I've always taught my clients. So I had it all together. I just had to put it in a format and get my thoughts all together. And so I just decided four years ago that I was going to do it. And I didn't even have a whole paragraph written. 
or not a whole paragraph. I had a paragraph written, thank goodness, because that's a start. It's <laughs> a good start. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't have a whole chapter written, but I had bits and pieces, bits and pieces. And so I just decided um, this past August um, that I was going to do this. And I really believe that sometimes the stars all align perfectly, and I believe everything happens for a reason. And I, because I have found scripture publishing Kelly and her partner, Greg, I think that, um, that by just knowing that I had some kind of direction from them that I would be able to do this. And granted, they're awesome. And I belong to their monthly group and you could see with the monthly group, people do what they want. They're there to motivate and push you and the information that they give you is great but it's truly up to us to write it. And some people may have finished, may have not, you know, but, um, and maybe they'll, maybe they'll take it up later on. You know, everybody is different, but I'm the type of person that if I put something in my mind and I really want to do it, I'm going to do it. So I decided I'm going to do this. So I wrote from September to January and I finished in January. And I do have to say my family knew about it but that's all that knew about it. Those are the only people that knew about it. And the day I finished in January, I said to my husband, I finished my book. And he said to me, what? Really? You were really doing that? <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at him and laughed. And I said, yes, I really did it. And he's like, wow, that's great. And when he started seeing it all, it, it was really amazing. But I'm just so grateful that I found you, Kelly and Greg, and it's been an awesome experience. I'll tell you, we have published, I'm looking at the, the list now, almost 18 books since we started a year and a half ago. And that story never gets old to me. The, the moment that somebody says, makes the decision that they're going to do it, and they use the resources and tools available to them to help them stay accountable and get it done, and then that, that moment when they, they go, I finished. I really did it. I really did it. Um, that's, a, that's an extraordinary feeling. And, and I'm glad you talk about that and, and even the surprise on your husband's face when he was like, well, you really did that? Um, because I think there's so many people out there that think, I'd like to write a book someday. Mm -hmm. I have a story or a message or something or I like to write or, you know, there's some compelling reason that they want to write a book and yet they don't get started and they put it off and and they don't think that they can do it what would you say to somebody who said to you oh i always wanted to write a book also but i have no idea if i could do that well you know you hit on the head i did put it off because i knew that i wanted to do it but i didn't take any action so uh four years ago i started to write it but then i put it to the side like it was it was like a couple days you know, I, I dabbled and I wrote, but I didn't do anything with it until August when I met you, like I, like you, like I said. So September, I really got going on it. But what I would say to them is you have to own it. You have to want it. You have to, you have to be confident in yourself and, you, and to get your message out, especially if you're writing a book that's impacting so many other people. If you know you could impact that many people, then what a positive that thing positive thing that is for the world. So you just have to own it and you just have to take action and believe in yourself. That's great words of advice and also very scary words 
because the other thing that I hear a lot, um, and you and I have talked about it in the past too, is that vulnerability that we feel. Even though we might feel like we have something important to say um, or that we have a message that we think could make a difference, um, we also have that sense of, if I put something of mine that I've created out into the world, whether it be something I wrote or uh, a piece of art that I drew or a photograph that I took or whatever that creative piece is that we're putting out there, there's always that fear that you'll be judged, that what you have to say isn't worth anything, that it won't make a difference, that, you know, you're not worthy of sharing a message. What's your response to that? Well, I have to say that scripture publishing, one of the monthly calls, you did touch base on that and how it can be scary. And I was like, really? I don't think it's scary. Until the day I sent you the final copy. And then my heart just dropped. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> my message is going to be out there for the world. But you know, you're always going to get those people that may have um, opinions. But you know what? you're sharing your vision, you're sharing your message, and you just have to, I just, I have to own it. And I just have to, uh, you know, be proud of what I did. And, you know, take, if there is any negative from anybody, which there really hasn't been, I mean, um, you know, but you always have that one person, what you do is you just you make, I make that my driving force, I make that a positive, you know, because you never know what people are going through. So, and as far as all the people that have had such positive feedback has just really made me feel so good. And um, they have told me about how this book has, has really um, changed their lives. They really are looking at wellness in a different way. So if I can do that, that's awesome. That's so amazing. I mean, the, the power of that is pretty overwhelming when you think about it. And I think there's that sense of, you know, we have to change the world, but we really, we really don't. That's not our job. Our job is simply to share our gift and our message. And if even one person gets something from it, then, then we've made a difference. Then something that we've done has done some good in the world. And I think there's a great accomplishment in that. Absolutely, Kelly. Absolutely. I'm going to read something that you wrote because as I was getting ready for this, I was kind of going through the book again. And I, I have the book. I've read the book many, many, many times because I helped you edit it. Uh, but I actually keep it in my kitchen because the, the recipes are phenomenal. And my daughters love to cook. And so we have cooked your recipes over and over and over again. Uh, I did a, a retreat. I think I told you uh, a women's retreat not too long ago. And I cooked, uh, I made your appetizers for the food and the, the key lime shooters for dessert and chocolate avocado pudding and they were such hits and then I gave everybody the recipes and and directed them to your book so um, they are enjoying them as well so I, I say that because if you're listening and you are interested at all in health and wellness I, I highly encourage you to, to get the book but as I was preparing I, I opened it in the very first paragraph of Q2 a healthy recipe for a balanced life says if you can see it, you can do it. I have visualized this book for many years and felt it in my body and mind that the finished product would be rewarding, impactful, and satisfying. Regardless of how many books I sell, I have completed my vision by creating a message of hope, healing, and transformation. 
And that to me is the most rewarding task. Has that happened? Oh, absolutely. I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. It's always interesting, you know, um, I've had some authors on the show and, and when I read the words back to them, yes. it's almost like hearing them again for the first time, mm -hmm. but they're so personal. I mean, th th they came from you, those words and that message and the heart that was in it um, as you wrote these words comes out. So I think it's always powerful. I remember the first book I wrote that happened to me. Um, the first book I wrote, Kelly's Quips, Happy Thoughts for Busy People, I was inspired and really held accountable to it by my coach at the time, Larry Indiviglia. And we had a, a retreat, a live retreat, and I, my book had just been published. And we sat around at the end of the day, and he asked each person to read one of my chapters out loud. And how that felt was just what you just felt just now as I was reading that, like the words coming back to you is so powerful. Absolutely. It's, it's emotional, but it's also exhilarating. It's, it's just a roller coaster of emotions. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling. And yes, I, I totally feel that I've accomplished this. Yeah, that's, that's phenomenal. And we'll continue to accomplish it. Let's talk a little bit about some of the opportunities that have come up from the book Q2, and then we'll talk a little bit about Rise Above, also the other book that's just literally just come out. Um, once you got the book in your hand, and maybe we should even touch on that, because you actually got that book in your hand while you were on vacation. Yes, I did. I, I received the proof while I was on vacation, and then I was able to read the proof and do the final okay um, proof it on the plane. And then when I got off the plane, that was the first thing I did. As soon as I got off the plane, I'm like, go do it. It's ready to be, it's ready to be printed. It's ready to be shared. So that was very exciting. Um, yeah. So, uh, so you got this book in your hand, you actually held it. It's, and it's a beautiful book. It's, it's a substantial book. It's almost 300 pages. It's a gorgeous yellow cover. So attractive and, and just the feel of it. I'm a huge person on like what a book feels like. It's, it's, it's a great feeling book inside and out. Uh, you got that book in your hand and then you started to take it and share it out in the world. Talk about some of the opportunities you've had to share your book and, and get out to talk to people about it. Sure, sure. Well, I used, of course, social media channels, and I had um, actually gotten some people ask me to do some marketing things for them. Um, a local uh, radio station um, is going to put me on their blog, and then I have a connection with a winery in town, which they asked me to come and do an author discussion. And now that, so I did that last Sunday, and that was awesome. And uh, we had about 32 people. And it was a wonderful event. And I was like, I really liked that so much that I would love to set up some more um, venues like that, some more events like that. But they also asked me to come back in July, every Sunday in July, they have four locations, each location to do some book signings. So I have that in the works, um, you know, just contacting local newspapers, some local radio stations. Um, my old high school and other networking events. I have that all in the works. Um, my goal is I would love to do a workout, an outdoor workout, and um, and then be able to, so people will be able to see me and what I do and 
and be able to share that with them, but then also share the book with them also. So I'm trying to get into that area also. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure that will unfold, but I love to share that too, because again, as people are thinking about writing a book and thinking about what they can do with it after they're, you know, the opportunities are varied and endless, depending on how much time, energy, and how many connections you want to make with it. But um, I love the fact that you're actually going to the winery to do it, because especially when you're talking health and wellness and, and the whole concept of your balance is not about restricting everything that's that's out there it's about sharing life and you know doing it at a winery where you've got these delicious great wines but also just the atmosphere of a winery and how that social atmosphere is so healthy for people sure. yeah it yes it's been really it's been perceived very well it really has Excellent. Well, congratulations on all of those things. And, I, and I'm sure that the outdoor workout will unfold now, especially you just put it out there. So it's <laughs> a funny way of making those things happen. So that was at the end of April coming into early May that, that, that Q2 came out. And then literally right behind it, you were working on a, a collaborative book project that we're doing called Rise Above, Eight Portraits of Life Transformation. And you were one of the contributing authors. That book actually did a pre-launch this week and it's going to launch officially next week. So it's, it's right here on the horizon. What was the difference between writing the, the chapter in a collaborative book versus writing your entire book? Well, um, it was just, I mean, it, it was very interesting what the difference was. The difference is, is that I got to be a part of a book with so many great people. Um, and just being able to write a chapter and write what I wanted to write as far as a portrait of transformation and then just compiling a book of everybody else's portrait of transformation was just so unique. Um, so, you know, it's like teamwork and I, I love teamwork. I'm not, I'm not, I've never been all, you know, it's, it's just about me. It was awesome to write my own book, which Q2 is all coming from me, things that I believe, things that I have taught. But the life transformation was actually part of my own life transformation, but I also put, I also intertwined my mom and dad in there also. So it touches more on that area. If so, if you read Q2, you might get a little glimpse of it, but the eight portraits rise above book, you'll be able to see more inside of what happened. More and I'm going to actually share a little excerpt from rise above from your portrait. Um, Yours is actually the first portrait in the book. Yours, the one, yours is the one that opens it up. And, and I chose this because I think it really sums up what the chapter was about. And you say, learn to love yourself for what you are. Change what you can and embrace those things that you cannot change. Take a look at yourself inside. Then take a look at yourself outside. They are truly one in the same. Your outer shell is just that, a shell that protects your inner health and beauty. Embrace them, nurture, love yourself, be comfortable in your own skin, and live your dreams. That's my mantra. <laughs> what you live every day and what you teach and what you share, um, whether it be at the studio, whether it be with your family, with your children, um, with 
friends and people that you meet out in the world, that's exactly what you exude. And that portrait um, where you talk a little bit more about the transformations of your life and how you have used those to help transform other people's lives, I thought that sums it up beautifully. Be comfortable in your own skin and live your yes. dreams. Yes, thank you. Absolutely. I, I enjoy, again, because these things happen so quickly for you within just a couple months of each other. And usually it's the opposite direction. Usually someone that's thinking about writing might choose to write just a chapter as a collaboration first because it's kind of a dip your toe in the water and see how it goes. You know, I only have to write three or 4,000 words versus 30,000, 35,000 words and, um, you know, part of a group. So it's not just all on me versus it's all about me and, and I'm putting myself out there. Um, so I actually, the timing of it just ended up being the opposite for you. Um, but I, I like that you kind of point out the difference between, you know, Q2 being really your story and your philosophy and, and what you teach and live and rise above being, yes, your story, but only one of a group of them, um, part of a team and part of a collaboration. I think that's a beautiful way to look at the two differences. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. If the collaborative book would have been approached me first, I probably would have done it, but I'm so glad that I pursued writing my book, Q2 first. And, you know, I think it was maybe November, December, you started asking, does anybody wanna be part of this collaborative book? And at that time I was already hooked. I was hooked into writing. I was like, I guess I'll do it. I'll be done, I'll be done. And I'm going to make that deadline. I'm going to be done. And then I could start writing my chapter and it worked out really well. And I feel like I'm not done. I, I want to start another book. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. And, 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 and I always tell people, everybody has at least one book in them because everybody has their story. Mm -hmm. um, human beings are, are motivated and driven and inspired by story, you know, going way back to, Ancient, ancient times before people wrote, they shared everything by story. Narrative is a beautiful way of connecting with people. And, and so everybody has at least one story in them. But when you, when you are a writer, when you have a passion for sharing words with the world, uh, there are many, many more books behind that and many more opportunities to write because it's not always a book you know it can be a blog it can be a publication a magazine and and um, some other opportunities to to get words out into the world and stories that can be shared so I'm, I have no doubt those things are all in your future once once you be open the door it kind of continues to flow right yes yes absolutely but you know it's uh, balancing your time and so there's so many other things I want to do, but like in my Q2 book, I have a Q2 balance plan and I have to look at that and I have to balance my time perfectly and figure out what, you know, what's going to work for me. And it could change from week to week. It could change from day to day. It just depends what comes up in your life, but you just have to know how to, how to, how to change your path for that day or for that week and still find that balance. Yeah. And still find the way to share your gift in a way that allows you to live your best life. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's what you do every day. And it's the experience I've had with you for the last many months, really almost a, a year that I've had a chance to see you and work with you and, and watch you sort of blossom into this next level of your life and career. And, it, and it's really been a pleasure to watch. Oh, thank you so much. You, you really have been a real big inspiration. And I have to say, you said early on that 
oh, I was just a small piece of this, but yes and no, because I don't know, I didn't know the direction of, of uh, finishing this book. I knew I wanted to do it, but like I said, until I connected with you and scripture publishing, you, you were a big part of this. You really were. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, like I said, Greg and I are a year and a half into this project of, of creating this business and, and every story is amazing and, and it never gets tiring to hear that excitement of somebody getting a chance to do something this, you know, to fulfill a dream they've had to become a published author. So it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I look forward to so many more doors opening with it, but um, it's certainly my pleasure. Before we end, I actually wanted to go back to your Q2 book and and share something that it was threaded throughout the book and you shared it in a couple different places. It's a poem and it's a poem that sort of sums up your philosophy on, on how to eat and how to live on quality and quantity of living a balanced, healthy life. And I thought it's a, a very perfect way to end and I'll read it in your words, and then you can go ahead and tell me where that inspiration came from to, to create this and how you use it. You say, if it roams on the land freely, if it swims in the sea, if it grows on the earth, or if you can pick it off a tree, and when you eat, quantity matters. Share the knowledge in your chatters. Make it matter. Shut out the strife, for this is a recipe for a healthy life. Yes. <laughs> so... If it roams on the land freely, if it swims in the sea, if it grows on the earth, or if you could pick it off a tree, I've always used for nutrition, to teach my clients about nutrition. And as I wrote the book, I continued that poem on because I wrote the book about also quantity. I'm like, quantity matters. So that's when I added, and when you eat, quantity matters. Share the knowledge in your chatters because, you know, if you know something, knowledge is powerful. And if you could help somebody else, what a wonderful feeling that is. And then make it matter, shut out the strife because there's so much strife in this world. We really need to focus on the positive and, you know, just block out the negative. And yep, this is the recipe for a healthy life. Love it. Absolutely love it. Donna, thank you so much for taking time to share your story with us, to share your books and your message with the world, for helping all of us learn some ways to live a healthy and happy life. I appreciate it so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for all that you do, Kelly, and everybody listening. Eat colorful, move your body, and find balance in your life, and have a wonderful week. Thank you so much, Donna. You as well. Thank you. And there you have it, Donna Fatigato, a two-time best-selling author, and the story of her journey to that success. I think you can tell from listening to her how passionate she is about helping people become healthy and teaching them how to take care of themselves. I love her holistic approach. In fact, I have to tell you that her book, Q2, has become a go-to book for me. Not only does it contain information on nutrition and exercise, but it also contains more than 120 healthy recipes. Every one of them that I've tried has been easy to make and delicious. My copy of her book is actually dog-eared from the number of times I've used it. 
So I highly recommend it to any of you who are looking for healthy solutions in your life. At one point in the interview, I shared an excerpt from her co-authored book, Rise Above, and I think it sums up Donna's beliefs and values very well. It's also a great message to you as we come to the end of this episode. Embrace your inner and outer beauty. Nurture and love yourself. Be comfortable in your own skin and live your dreams. That's a beautiful message for all of us and a perfect way to turn this back to you because now it's your turn to go out and be the one. If you enjoyed this episode of It Just Takes One, then please subscribe to the podcast. That way you'll be notified when new episodes are available. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. And stay tuned for our next episode when I have two special guests joining me. Daniel Gill is one of the stars of the NBC hit show American Ninja Warrior. He and his wife Abigail are going to join me and talk about being an American Ninja and how that has led them to a new path in life as they reach out to inspire children. That episode is coming soon.